tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Good morning, Swarm. And welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to. Okay. Joining me as always from the, the shadiness of Glendale, Xavier Guerrero. Your, your people make it shady, not mine. Yeah, yeah. Watch yourself, dude. We like a clean city, bro. How how was your uh we don't smoke the same uh Thanksgiving Day event? It was great. It's actually now on Rockfin and YouTube, and it was live and Steptone showed up. So anybody any Deftone fans out there, look it up. It's a lot of flat earth, a lot of astral world. So it's right up the Swarm's alley. So check it out. All right. Do you have any more events coming out? Nope. Not as of now. Stay tuned. Uh, all right. Stay tuned. Big Christmas Day show could be coming. And joining me from the outside inside, uh, the one, the only Johnny Woodard. How are you, Jay Nice? Good, dude. Good. Ready to get back to L.A. and the warm air. So, Johnny, you were supposed to fly, but due to night, uh, yeah. the powers that be, the power bottom lizard people didn't want you in studio here. Again, canceling one of your flights. No, Explain didn't. your feelings to us. Well, I guess I believe them. I don't know. They said this one was just because of an uh, issue with scheduling, but I don't know. That's You hear, I mean, the, all these flights are getting canceled, and they're all just they're like oh it's just a coincidence you know that there's no there's no thing yeah, going happens. on about the time yeah right give me a break up to everybody they're supposed to do it big during uh the holiday season during christmas the, the pilots are supposed to say fuck it and it's gonna really hurt people so if you plan on flying just a heads up what a wonderful time to be alive right come on it's a good time guys a lot of things are going on in the world bang 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 we're super excited that you're joining us you know, we hit uh, we hit top 50 on iTunes for a show that in two weeks is going to celebrate six years. That means a lot to us. So I love you all very much. I'm very thankful to the swarm. I can't, you know, I can't express enough how much you guys have changed my life. So I love you very much. We try every day to knock it out of the park for you guys. And today's episode, I, I it was wonderful. And I, I, it's another fucking great interview, I think. So I hope you guys enjoy it. It was a lot of fun getting into cults and all that stuff. So I hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to see me live, I have a couple shows coming, okay? Uh, big announcement, but we'll get into that. This weekend, I'm in uh, San Diego with the guys from Cash Daddies, Howie Dewey, Chris Neff, and we're playing the American Comedy Company. Come down, get weird, okay? Come grab some tickets. It might be one of the few times you get to see me super cheap. So grab your tickets there, okay? Then the following week, I am in uh, Tampa. So I'm doing my two favorite, two of my favorite cities back-to-back. San Diego, Tampa. I'm at Side Splitters. I got a couple of my friends from the area joining me on the show. Should be a banger. Come get 
weird. Okay. And then a big announcement. Drum roll, please. January 28th will be the next Tinfall Hack Comedy Night slash uh, slash Swarm Tank will be live at Harvell's in in Long Beach. Two shows, okay. So it's available on Eventbrite. The the uh, the shows will be up on samtriplee.com and you'll be able to get tickets to both. So I was trying to do a thing where you just go, hey man, if you buy both tickets, you get a discount. But Eventbrite's a little janky, so I just took the ten dollars off on the second show. If you want to come to the second show. It's uh, it, it's at eight o'clock is the stand-up comedy, and then at ten o'clock is the swarm tank where you get to go up and pitch your favorite comedy, your favorite conspiracies to your favorite conspiracy theorists. So join us there. It should be a real fun time. Uh, again, those tickets available at samtriplee.com. Anywhere I am live, samtriplee.com. I'm gonna be in Buffalo, I believe, the third week of January because my date got moved back a week. I'm gonna be there with Howie, but. All my tickets, all my dates are available at samtriplee.com. Again, all of our exclusive content, $10. You get all, what, six of our shows? $10 on rockfin.com. Go to rockfin.com and pick whatever link you want to use. You want to do uh, Tim Fall Hat, Zero, Conspiracy Social Club, Broken Simulation, The Grace of All Time. We don't smoke the same. You can do any of them. Join, support us uh, because it's a crazy time out there. And you're getting, I mean, you're literally getting minimum, uh, if you include Xavier shows, about seven shows a, a week. A week for $10 a month. It's, it's, it's the best deal you ever get. It's Netflix. There's always new content for there. Even if your favorite content creator isn't putting some now, all your favorite people are there. Whitney Webb, Abby Martin, uh, Jason Burmish, the Union of the Unwanted, Charlie Robinson, uh, Primetime, Alex Stein is killing it on there. Uh, the Propaganda Report, they're all there. Uh, Mark Steve's got a show on there as well. Go check it out. It's a great way to support the show. Rockfin.com. T-shirts. T-shirts are available. Just go to samtribute.com, click the Tim Fall hat t-shirts.com link banner. Click the banner. It'll take you right to the shirts. Shirts are on fire, guys. I love you all very much. You're crushing it on the shirts. Thank you so much for that. We have the anti-vax vaccine club. That's available. And then the list goes on. A lot of you guys are sending me uh, graphics for shirts. I'm getting inundated. I'm going to try to answer you all so much. Just know I got your email. And I'm trying my hardest to email everybody. Daddy's running nuts and crazy. And he's going to try to take time to answer all your emails to the best of his ability. Okay. Love, 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 love. Uh, anything else? I think we're good. good. All right. Oh, yeah. Final thing. I have six free audio shows. Six free shows. Just go to samtribly.com and all my free shows are there. Also, you can check out the Telegram group here. Uh, just go to Sam Tripoli. Uh, just go to uh, Ghost of Tripoli on Instagram or Fat Dragon Pro on Twitter. Click the link. Should take you there. If the link isn't working, just DM me and I'll get you a link to the Telegram. There's over 1,500 people on there. 
and it's only getting better. Uh, and my goal is 10,000 on there. So go check it out. Uh, that's the telegram, the free shows go down a little bit. Yeah. Look at all those free shows. You can get there. Tim fall hat, broken sin, cash daddy's punch drunk, zero conspiracy social club and union unwanted all for free on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. I think that's about it guys. That's about it, man. I think I'm working on a couple other things. I'll get back to you uh, on some more projects, but that's it. I love you all very much. Please enjoy this episode. It's a uh, really good show with uh, Joseph Flatley, and it's about cults, and I hope you enjoy it. And we, we, we talk you go to deep, you homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain. Of- all right, guys, super excited to get into this because I think this is a really big um, issue today within the truth community. Who's being honest? Who's not being honest? You know, whose Kool-Aid are you snorting? Whose Kool-Aid are you not snorting? Uh, this young, this gentleman is a, uh, a jack of a lot of trades. He's uh, into, a, he's written books on a lot of different topics and he's here today. He uh, has a wonderful book on possible alien psyop cult leaders. Please welcome Joseph Flatley. How are you, Joseph? Uh, fantastic. Great. We finally got to connect dreams come true brother i'm very excited to have you on you're definitely you definitely fit in your vibe your style everything is perfect for the show and if you're interested i would like to replace johnny with you that's on the table let's definitely talk just know that's on the table johnny just watch yourself johnny by the way is Mm -hmm. both indoors and outdoors based on his backdrop and the fact that he's got three layers on right now i'm in the attic it's it's 50 degrees up here there's no heating or air in the attic is where i am so i have a space heater at my feet and all this part is freezing uh by the way we should talk about some of the uh let's say responsibilities you have with this podcast before you accept any offers trust me on that does that include Broken Sim? Is he taking over Broken Sim oh, as well? Oh, snaps. Great question. But that's a question for a different podcast. Joseph, uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you tell uh, uh, the swarm a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm a journalist. I've always been attracted to, you know, fringe topics, alternative topics, and have been lucky enough that in my career I've been able to kind of focus on those things. Uh, My current project is a newsletter and a website that's going to launch any day now called Failed State Update. And it really asks the question, is America going down the drain? And if it isn't, why does it seem like it is? (laughs) If it is, what can be done about it? You know, Failed State Update, it's about the culture of American decline, as one journalist put it. So, um, I and, find that topic very interesting and important and timely. And I definitely think the UFO cult um, can is, is an important part of that because I mean, people are just, the institutions have failed us uh, all the institutions. And it's like in this time of looking for alternatives to the institutions, it's easy. There's a lot of bad actors and it's probably, you're probably more likely to come across a con man than you are someone who's legitimate, you know? Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Whole Medics. Okay. Whole Medics air purifier. Listen, if you have kids, you have pets, 
you realize kids just bring in tons of germs. Your pets bring in tons of germ, dust, everything. It's it's just making air quality crazy. And that's why the my friends at Home Medics have created the number one air purifier out there, okay? Home Medics sent me their totally clean air purifier, and it's amazing. Totally cleans air filtration system and uvc light removes up to 99 percent of airborne allergens including pollen pet dander smoke and mold it purifies the air in large rooms up to 343 square feet and it's much cheaper than those crazy expensive air purifiers okay plus it's more compact than those bulk, bulky air purifiers that don't, and it doesn't take up a lot of your space in your home, okay? It's real easy. The inside of your house can be up to five times dirtier than the air outside. That's why Home Medics designed the total clean air purifier collection with a variety of needs and rooms in mind, okay? Boom. In 1987, a Detroit family founded Home Medics, okay, to help people live better lives. Today, they've established the leader in wellness and home health innovations backed by traditional wisdom and modern technology, okay? And Homex has an A-plus Better Business Bureau ratings, so they're a brand you can rely on, okay? Guys, I've, I have a total clean air purifier. I use it at my place. I can tell you, I can feel the difference. I can taste the cleaner air, okay? The cleaner air is there and it makes me feel better about myself. I know I'm living in a happier place with my family. I know my dogs are living life and loving it, okay? And it's all because of the total clean air purifier okay so whether you're dealing with allergies or just looking to keep your family safe we've got good news for you okay right now if you go to homemedics.com that's h-o-m-e-d-i-c-s.com slash tinfoil and use the promo code tinfoil you'll receive a free replacement filter with your purchase of your air purifier up to a 99 dollar value that's a free replacement filter when you go to H-O-M-E-D-I-C-S dot com slash tinfoil and use the promo code tinfoil. I don't know if you guys are watching Dope Sick on Hulu. Yeah, dude. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, I mean, anything that you want to explain to normies, have them watch Dope Sick <laughs> and just replace, you know, uh-huh purdue pharmaceuticals with whatever government agency you don't like and replace uh, uh oxycon with whatever whether it's viruses propaganda law any you just that's all you got to do and the thing is if when someone new comes to what we're talking about here they they think what we're talking about happened over maybe a couple weeks or months or even possibly a couple years we are talking about a rot that is happening for decades, if not centuries. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's culminating into this head right now where it's almost too big to hide anymore. And, and I don't know what you, your beliefs are in the role of the internet, how free the internet is. I've been watching these videos on the dead internet and stuff like that. And what the dead, in, you know, are we really having this incredible exchange of knowledge or is it just like a kind of a, what do they call it? Patunkin village type yeah. thing. I forget if that's the exact term for Patunkin it. Village, yeah. 
Yeah, is it just an illusion of that? What are your thoughts? You know, I think social media specifically is the blame for a lot of this mess that we're in. And it's not even necessarily bad actors. Of course, there are bad actors involved taking advantage of it. Don't get me wrong. But just the very nature itself of the type of communication that takes place over Instagram and Twitter, I think really just has everybody thrown for a loop. It's, it's almost impossible to have real substantive communication and you end up having people just sucked into this crazy stuff. Um, you know, I think it's the very, and luckily we're very early into the, you know, internet age. So I think maybe a lot of this stuff will shake out over the next 20, 30 years. I mean, Perhaps, perhaps things were just as convoluted after, you know, the Gutenberg Bible or, you know, movable type was invented. Um, someone, you know, like um, John Zerzan will say that that type of communication technology had just as crazy an effect on society as the internet is now. But yeah, I mean, the internet kind of sucks. I mean, I couldn't do what I did without it, but also there's a downside. We, we just had a guest on and, you know, when you're in the middle of a show, you're like, I like this. I hope it resonates with people. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of put it out and there's been shows where like, then their shows are like, yeah. And you never know what the reaction is. And the last show was a great show. Uh, JT's a friend and I enjoyed it. And he went really deep on a couple things. And I I was like, I'm dying to see how the crowd will the listeners react to it. And, and they loved it. And they loved it. And uh, I've gotten a ton of emails about, uh, you know, breaking out of the matrix and stuff like that. But one of the things he talked about that I felt like really connected with me was about the role of computers and how like computers, as great as the internet is and as great as computers are, there's a lot of bad that comes with it, right? Like this show is like such a blessing. I think about my career and I go, I couldn't be this guy 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. I I'm so blessed that I was able to hold on to the, to the internet got to what it is today. So that yeah. in fact isn't a blessing. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's other sides to this that are some of the stuff you're bringing up the dumpster fire, that is social media, yeah. the, uh, the over sexualization of everything mm-hmm. of everything like free porn and what that's done to men and women uh, and our relate and then men, women, that are in the middle too. Can't, can't leave out those people as well. Uh, you know, so we have this, this kind of super hyper sexualization of everything all the time. And then we have like cultural Marxism that's been able to be put in full motion, you know, and for me, you, you know, the role of like black rock and Vanguard and state street, which are these giant investment firms, which run this, you know, um, environmental, social, government policies that if you don't score high enough on those, they won't work with you. And like what role that has in this kind of anti-business business era we are in where it seems like the bottom line and the customer doesn't matter. And how much of that has to do with the fact that the Fed is bailing out all these people. So that's a lot to go over right there. But like how much of the computer, how much is the, the this and this computer that we're working on a problem and a part of it? Well, you know, I it, it's so 
and this is one of the reasons I'm a journalist that social media and, you know, just the new communications age really forces a kind of siloing or, or, you know, putting people in silos, you know, talking about people talking about their bubbles so that, you know, if you're spending all your time on Twitter, you think reality is one thing because you follow, you know, certain blue check liberals or whatever. And, um, then if you unplug your computer and, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh, I'm an hour away from West Virginia and, you know, that's a completely different reality. So now we have kind of competing reality tunnels and I'm not sure how we're supposed to kind of like bridge that because, you know, it's, I mean, competing realities get really ugly once, once they lead to wars or violence or what have you, demonization. I saw it. I mean, I kind of saw it live not too long ago with the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Mm-hmm. Some people literally thought the guys were black, that he wasn't getting chased out. But then you show them exactly what happened and then they take it back. But that's after doing a little bit of research, not with the media reads and just reading articles. Yeah. And that's when I really like my sister. Once I told her, I was like, yo, this is what happened. She's like, oh, OK, never mind. I take it back. Yeah. And then, but you know, it, there's really something to be said about the, the greater context, um, you know. Do we want to live in a country where, you know, people see something shaking down in the street, so they grab their guns and join it, you know, and it's like, or, you know, or it was self-defense or what have you. It's, you know, and the legal system is so effed anyways, because they're not trying to get to the truth. They're trying to, they're trying to get their verdict. So, yeah, you know that's the adversarial system, is, right? Yeah, neither side is incumbent on like telling the whole story. Neither well, side really cares about the truth. They just want to get their guy off or get the other guy thrown in jail, depending. So it's yeah, just like it's about being right, not doing yeah. right. In my humble opinion, and yeah, you know when it comes to right. the Rittenhouse thing, it's like I put out some because he's suing Whoopi Goldberg and um, <clears throat> what Joy Goring or whatever her name is from The View, and it's like. Mm-hmm anything that the, the, that show is such garbage right and i believe it has a right to be on tv just because i don't like it but you know i put a tweet out psyops suing psyops right, right and right. somebody's like hey dude it's, he's not psyop he's real and i go you know what's so interesting is like I, when i was like coming up through the whole conspiracy stuff someone always said the best like controlled opposition are the people that don't know their controlled opposition right they like yeah. believe that this like thing happened naturally and that's kind of like the video from the dead internet which was like you know like sir i would watch like i'm never gonna say their name but certain comics i know in los angeles Mm. they would just tweet random garbage and it would get like five hundred thousand likes three thousand retweets and you're like why is this getting this much traffic like it literally means nothing and you know according to this video and other things i've read uh you know it's like wait when they determine whether you are uh putting out stuff they like putting or not putting out the stuff they like it all that kind of how they can like determine what what they prop up and what they they suppress a little bit with their their um with their uh shadow banning mm-hmm. and that's a big reason why on like Instagram, I sometimes I'll, I'll post something with no caption mm-hmm. because then they can't, they can't interpret what I'm saying on it. I'm just, po- if it's right. like, 
somebody's tweet and stuff like that. And it gets very interesting yep. because there's other times, cause I'll have a, like a, an Instagram. Anyways, the point is, it's like, that's the manipulation of everything going on. Yeah, it's like yeah. sometimes people don't know they're just getting pushed forward because they're just pushing a negative, uh, a narrative that they want from both sides, which right. is super interesting to me. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's, I think the message is get off the internet. <laughs> I mean, 100%. download hat and then get off the internet, you know, go for a walk. I have a new rule, five post limit on yeah. social media day. Five, I can only post five things. Cause I could just sit there all day, just dropping dank memes and just looking like I'm fighting <laughs> the force forces of evil, <laughs> but I'm doing nothing. I'm really just doing nothing. And yeah. uh, I, I realized that. And, you know, you know, conspiracy po podcast, you know, every, you know, if you do this right, you'll be called a controlled opposition by everyone and everything. Uh, and already some like, dude wrote a book, uh, uh, devoted a chapter to me about how I'm uh, a shill for is for Mossad because like I said that the earth is round and they're like, Whoa, you know, like somehow <laughs> they went from that. I mean, agree or don't disagree, whatever, but to go from that to like, I'm working for Israeli intelligence in like five <laughs> convoluted steps. It's so bizarre. <laughs> like that was really my, my, I think that's the highest honor I've received. Like a whole chapter in a book about what a, what a, you know, SOB I am. It's pretty great. It, it dude, it, it, dude, you're not doing anything until you get called out on something. For real. When people, when you, you know, it's like Howard Stern says, you know, it's your haters that make you. Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Trade. That's right. Drinktrade.com slash tinfoil hat is where you can get the best coffee out there. Dude, you guys love coffee? Stoked. Love, love it. I go to bed thinking about <laughs> drinking coffee in the morning. I drink coffee before I go to bed. I can't do trade coffee because it's fucking kicks ass and I'll be up for three days because it's the best coffee out there. I love coffee. You love coffee. I don't even know what I would do without my coffee. But trade coffee guarantees you'll love your first match. Trade's goal, very simple, okay, is to make every cup of coffee your best ever okay the journey to your perfect cup starts with taking their quiz okay yeah you could use a fresh press automatic drip cold brew person no problem your answers will allow trey to pair you with the perfect coffee to fit your taste man it's just that simple trade will match you two coffees you'll love with 400 plus craft coffees. Come on, craft coffees. I'm all about that, dude. And they will send you the freshly roast bag as often as you like. It's just that simple. So here's what they're doing for. And I, dude, listen to me. Trade coffee. Bang. Bang. Look at me. I'm alive. I'm alive and ready to rock. I'm ready to fight lizard people. When I, dude, every day I go get craft maga. Guess what I do? Bank trade coffee. And guess what I do? Trade blows and fight lizard people. That's why I do. So here's what's going to happen. For our listeners, you the swarm. This is what we're going to do. Right now, Trade is offering you your first bag for free and $5 off your bundle at checkout. Okay? To get yours, go to drinktrade.com slash tinfoil and use the promo code tinfoil. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com dot 
com slash tinfoil. Promo code tinfoil for your first bag free and $5 off your bundle. Enjoy it. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the UFO era. This might be considered outside the crash from Roswell, like Mm -hmm. the golden era of UFOs. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. And with everything, there is always going to be some grifters who are working angle. You, you know, you saw with Q, and that's not really a conversation. That's a different conversation, but just the people who are selling merch and all oh, this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and you know, like, you know, and then, and then when it didn't go, the plan part didn't work out. Silence, you don't hear from them. Their YouTube channels are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every, every movement's going to have nefarious people in it who are just trying to grow it for a, a dollar. And then there's going to be people that just follow blindly on both sides, you know? So we have this group of people now, like on the left, just, Oh my God, you're a Q-tard, you're Q-tard, you're being the Q-tard doing Q-tard shit, JFK son, blah, blah, blah. Why they're all the time being like Russians stole the election. It's I'm telling you, it really fucking happened. I have all this evidence according to this podcast I listened to. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's so it's just so interesting. And you hear this a lot also, like, you know, the le- you hear it from the right, the left eats themselves alive. Well, you know what conspiracy theorists call everybody fucking shills and fucking controlled opposition too. So it all becomes the same fucking thing. You're always going to have these fringe wackadoodles who are yeah. always going to be just always trying to find patterns that aren't there. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the whole, I mean, people really just lead with their beliefs first, you know, and they're usually stupid beliefs, you know, it's like, um, you know, Robert Anton Wilson convictions make convicts was one of his sayings, you know, it's like, yeah, we really just gotta, you know, and maybe this goes back to our conversation about social media. Maybe the first thing that's going to happen to make social media not be this horrible, you know, this horrible human sinkhole is, you know, we're going to have to start being a little slower to believe and a little quicker to investigate, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, you know, I think there is a big movement, you know, you're, you kind of alluded to it earlier about, um, uh, about, you know, how are people going to come together? I don't know why, man. I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I, I have faith in humanity. I know it sounds nuts, but that people are waking up on both sides to how ridiculous the leaders and the, the you know, the loudest barkers in their movement really are. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, everything needs to be on a local level and the stop, uh, you know, thinking everything is a jihad in life yeah. you know yeah. and that everybody is you know i've learned that people aren't as good as everybody thinks but they're also not as bad no i, you know? I think you're right i you know i mean one of the blessings of being a journalist to me is just meeting people meeting different people people i agree with people most people i don't agree with you know and um i just like people you know and it's like i think you have to to and the social media thing makes humans others, makes them <clears throat> not people. Like, I've definitely noticed this with myself. Like, if I get, like, a couple texts <laughs> from somebody and I'm in a bad mood, I get really pissed off. But the first time I talk to them on the phone, 
all that goes away. It's like you're having a real human connection, even just over the phone. You're hearing a voice, you're responding, you're getting the little subtle nonverbal cues, you know, the tone of their voice or whatever. Um, I mean, I'll I mean, I'll tell you straight up, you know, I'm, I'm a leftist. I'm a man of the left. But, you know, I think the most important part of that is not being is believing in the power of individuals and not these, not the, not political parties, not political projects like, you know, the Democratic parties trying to shove in our faces. I think, you know, the actual basics of like, what is it to be a human being around other human beings are the most important, you know, to me, that's what's going to get us out of this problem. So like you, I am optimistic, but with reservations and some things are going to have to change for things to work out. I think. I completely and utterly agree with that. I think it's uh, I, uh, I, I think what people are realizing is that, you know, whatever they say about the other, other party, you could find in your own party. And that I think people are starting to realize that the parties are just two wings of the same bird in my humble opinion. And they Absolutely. just kind of play to each other. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, is like you should never have any political heroes uh, and you should question everything all the time. Yeah. Everything. You know, people everything. on the show should question the show constantly. We say some retarded shit. You should question all of it all the time. And I think it's very important because I just think everything is like about trying to get you out of your, out of the moment of now mm -hmm. and worried about stuff way over there, over here, yeah. this person's flight, that person's fucking battle lab. And you're never going to focus on what's going on right around you mm -hmm. and where you can actually make change, which is to me really important. And, and I, you know, it's just a very interesting time, man. And, you know, I, 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 uh, just today I watched a video and it was a video of a black Friday situation where I, it almost looked like it was so staged that mm -hmm. people had gone in and they're grabbing this yellow package. It's just a pile of, of a yellow a package and apparently everybody wants it. And you see them all grabbing it and a woman grabs a package and rips it from a child. And then the mother goes nuts on that woman. And I'm like, maybe Bill Gates is right. And we need to lose about 15% of you guys. You know, maybe <laughs> we, we see like we can find common ground on everything. If we really work. <laughs> even but, that, even, you know, even there's a psychological the population. There's a psychological principle there. The reason these black Friday sales work and draw so many people. And the reason that there are those riots is because they have the effect the whole the whole ritual the whole process of you know lining up and then you know being let loose in the store at 6 a.m or whatever has a psychological effect of dehumanizing people and putting like the product product ownership at the forefront i mean it's like they do that obviously because it works you know it's you know obviously the point is profits but the mad dash and the the fighting and the pulling, you know, pulling stuff from a child's arms, you know, that's, it's all a byproduct of it. And 
you know, we've decided as a society, or at least the corporations have decided that it's worth it, that it's worth it, you know. It's also, this artificial sense of scarcity, right? That they're generating. Yeah, this, that's this exactly scarcity. what I was going to say. Scarcity. Yeah. It's not abundance. Like, you, you're going to be able to find that product somewhere, I guarantee you. <laughs> but you've been told, grab it now, because when it's gone, it's all, and it's just this mental warfare on you. But it, it, it goes down to this, you know, when I, when I, I, I'm at the airport and I see somebody waiting for the plane in a hazmat suit and I go like, where, where are you living right now? What is going on in your world? Like describe the environment. I would love to know what is your environment right now? Yeah. What are you thinking? And, and then the reason it applies to kind of what you want, what we want to talk to you about is, is it reminds me of when I would watch docs on Scientology, right? Mm-hmm. And you would listen to what these people went through to get to this level where they were basically like triple black belt in Scientology, right? They had like all the Kung Fu, right? And then they were handed like a a written letter by L. Ron Hubbard. And it was like just dick doodles and him like me, pee pee poo poo. And they were like, this is it. I I like, I gave you everything in my life. I stopped out my family for this level. And I go, do I feel bad for these people? Do I feel bad for these people? Cause the, all the signs were there that we're like going down a road that might not lead us to where we want to. And yeah. I feel bad for those people. And I'll tell you why this is not, it's all things being equal. It's not like any random person bumped into Scientology and were had informed consent and just decided with full awareness to go down this road. It's a, it's a psycholo- you know, it's black Friday again. It's a psychological That's process what we're talking about here. Yeah. So it's, it's done, you know, it is, they, all these cults do. And, you know, I'm very clear when I'm writing in my book, I'm talking about destructive cults. I'm not at all talking about non-mainstream religions or, you know, I don't have a problem with people believing things I don't believe or in, because I mean, you know, it's America. We believe whatever we want to believe, you know, but um, people that use the cloak of religion to perform these psychological tricks on people to rip them off and ruin their lives, you know, for whatever reason, usually for a profit motive, you know, and usually because the, uh, the, rogue guru is uh you know has psychological problems you know it's they've people that fall for that are victims like it's you know just as if they were a victim of a physical crime it's an emotional crime or psychological crime i think it's very interesting i used to have a joke about how like i don't think there's any little dick cult leaders i don't think you can have a little dick and then fucking Mm -hmm. run everything i don't know why it just seems like you gotta have big dick energy and to be able to manipulate people like that i would love to hear if anyone's ever done research on dick size of uh, cult leaders oh that's interesting have a small dick what's that he's been known to have a small dick hitler yeah he ran shit that's interesting that is, and well, then he was also, known to only have one testicle. Maybe Napoleon. that testicle was a giant testicle. Napoleon yeah. was a tiny man, so maybe, maybe it's. But you to know, be... little dudes could be hung like horses. You know, yeah, you that's know, true. It's it's definitely possible. They're like they're tripods. Yeah, good shit. point. 
Yeah. Uh, but, you know, back to a very uh, respectable show, Johnny. Okay. What? You're the one who brought up dick energy. <laughs> so, so let's get into this gentleman in the UFO. Because, again, to tie it all together, it, yeah. it, this is an interesting time in this golden era of UFOs. We've had friends on our shows who have seen UFOs, mm-hmm. uh, have a lot of encounters with them. And we've had people who've gone and met with them and saw the UFO. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's all there. Uh, yeah. But there's obviously going to be some wolves in sheep's clothing in this yeah. movement. There's always going to be some bad characters in any movement. Right, right. And, and you know, and Gabriel of Urantia, which is the uh, the new name of the, the guru I'm talking about. His name's Tony, really. Tony Delavin. He's from Pittsburgh. He, um, you know, child of the 60s, he tried to have a music career, but he couldn't make it because he's not very good. He tried to, you know, wives kept divorcing him. He, you know, so so he left Pittsburgh, where I am, by the way, moves to uh, Sedona, Arizona, changes his name to Gabriel. Now he's got like multiple partners and hundreds of followers and a radio station in Tucson that plays his terrible music like over and over, like 24 hours a day. And, um, and the, you know, Gabriel got to that point and it's, it's really interesting. There's kind of like a lot of these, you know, cult leaders, they're con artists, but they also have these experiences, these altered states of consciousness experiences, like, like Gabriel didn't get serious about his, uh, you know, starting a community until he started hearing voices, until he went up in a spaceship and, uh, and, and, you know, hung out with his dead grandmother and they told him, you know, you should start this community. And uh, yeah, that happened in the 80s and the community started in like 89, I think. And, um, you know, all the stuff we talk about UFOs and uh, UFO beliefs, that all comes from the leader. Like he's living a great life. He's got a mansion that his followers, you know, built for him and paid for. He's got businesses that they operate for him, but they're just, you know, they're living in a compound picking beans, waiting for the end of the world. It's just really, you know, it's so interesting. So I've had people on here who have told me they've had near death experiences. Mm-hmm. They've astro projected. Uh, and, and the list goes on and on. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Now you tell me that there's a story about a guy who said he went to space, met with his dead grandma, mm-hmm. who told him about doing all this. And I'm like, oh, so stupid. I'm like, what does that say? about That's just interesting about me, my, my wiring and, and how I interpret stuff. Like, why am I? And maybe this goes into the news and how people look at yeah. Trump versus how people look at Biden and how people look at Biden versus how they look at Trump, where it's like they could be doing almost the same thing. But what lens are you looking at it through, whether you accept it or you mock it? And it's like, okay, so if I'm going to accept that, I, I did whole shows, multiple shows on near-death experiences, and I completely not really believe in that. But when, when somebody told me that a guy named Tony from Pittsburgh went to a spaceship and met with his dead grandma, I'm like, oh, dude, so ridiculously stupid. Why? I, I, it's just an interesting I mean, it's hilarious. 
It's ridiculous. It is hilarious, but, but is it any crazier than near death experiences? You know, no, it's not. And and there's a um and I think if he was like a cool dude who had like a really good community where people were flourishing and you know, people weren't being abused, I'd be like, "Oh, that's a nice story. That's interesting." It wouldn't like evoke the ridicule, but this guy is really a piece of shit, you know? Um but there's also a a phenomenon of these kind of experiences that unleash something in people like Jim Jones, I think, was the same kind of guy. Or um, in book three, Aleister Crowley talks about ge- like geniuses like Jesus and Moses, people who are just by all intents and purposes perfectly normal. Then they, you know, go out into the desert for a few days and they come back and all of a sudden everybody's listening to them. They have that charisma. It's a thing that human beings do, I think, that we don't understand. And I I wouldn't be surprised if he had some of that Gabriel Tony, you know, but it's not always a good thing, apparently. Well, you know, when, you know, let's not just like apply that to cult leaders. Let's apply that to any, so many, not all people, but so many people who rise to the top of whatever industry they're in. Yeah. There is a bit of psychopath and a Mm -hmm. cutthroat. Yeah. That goes on because most people with consciousness don't want to do with a conscious don't, don't want to conscious, but conscious don't want to do that. They don't want to do those little things that determine how far they could go. Like things like when they're willing to like, Hey dude, you're probably going to fuck some people over here, but the company's going to make a couple more bucks and yeah. it's going to do a little better. And they're like, no, that's not who I am. Okay, well, you're fired. And again, going back to dope sick, that's a big part of that. Like how many people that worked at Purdue couldn't couldn't sit there and do that anymore. So there is a level of that. It's like it's again, it goes back to something I've learned recovery is like your ego is not your amigo. And there's a there's a there's a there's nothing wrong with a healthy dose of amigo of uh, ego, because it helps get you through these times where you're kind of got, you know, Bambi legs and your legs are yeah. shaking. You're like, do I have what it takes? You kind of got to have this ego, a little ego of believing yourself, but there's also a ego that can consume you that drives you to just do things that most people aren't comfortable with doing. And that is what brought me to this topic. And that's why I wrote this book. You know, I really kind of resent this whole Netflix thing where, you know, Every time you turn on the TV, there's like 20 new documentaries and they're all about cults and they're like freak shows. It's like, oh, look at the freaks in the cult, you know? And it's like, these are human beings having human experiences. I think what the cult leader, the destructive cult leader, the charismatic figure, what they do (coughs) is an extremely extreme and extremely unbalanced example of what exists in all of us. And I think by looking at these extreme examples, you can understand a little more of yourself. I think one of the most obnoxious things that human beings do is separate themselves, go, oh, that guy's crazy, but I'm perfectly healthy. I'm perfectly normal. I don't make mistakes or, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's a, just like a really gross thing that people do. And I think that, you know, a certain type of documentary can increase that kind of like circus geek freak show thing which 
you know, my book, I try not to do that. I'm doing, I think the opposite kind of, I think any human being can be screwed up enough to become a cult leader. And you really have to be, I mean, feel pity the cult follower, but at the same time, pity the cult leader. They're, they don't lead a good life. They're not happy. They might have everything they think they want, but they are miserable. Yeah. And I, it's so interesting. I was just thinking about this today about how I see a bunch of my friends in, in, in Hollywood and I, I, I get that. I watch their game and how they're operating. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of like moving shells around. Right. There, yeah. There's a little bit of the, what's it called? Johnny Patunkin village. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, village. Yeah. A little bit of that. And to get this kind of goal in life and th this level of fame and this level of success. And then you, you see, I know so many people get that and they're so miserable. And mm -hmm. because they thought, and you know, Chris Farley is a great example of that the guy thought if he got fame and fortune, he'd be happy. And he realized yeah. that it meant nothing to him. And he kept doing drugs to the point that he died of an OD, you know, God rest his soul. So I wonder if that's, that fits in to what a cult leader does because there is something especially ma male cult leaders right yeah. there's something about like being the alpha getting all the females and ultimately that seems to be like every moment in a cult which is you know now i fuck your wife's right and like there's something about that that moment yeah. and then maybe to get that and realize that has nothing to do with happiness and now yeah, you're well, stuck into this thing I think that's wh why you have like the Jonestown, you know, the bad ending, you know, I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a real psychological syndrome, this kind of, you know, they act like the big man. Cause they're the little man, you know, they're, they, they're, you know, they know that they have nothing. That's why they keep trying to fill their soul with the money and the people, you know, the sexual conquests, um, and you know, we could be talking about cult leaders. We can talk about, you know, CEOs of corporations. Yeah. I, 100%. And like people never talk about, but one of the highest suicide rates in the, in the world is in CEOs of companies. Mm -hmm. They get there and they realize that the top of the mountain is lonely and not what they thought it was. Right. And it just ends up being, so you see this self-destruction with, with this, uh, with these cult leaders, why, uh, why were you drawn to this guy? Was it that you, he's from your area? It's like, hey, local cult leader, check it out. Which would be an interesting podcast. Yeah, you find a city and you find out what what cult was from that city. That'd be such an interesting. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm writing that down. That's a good one. <laughs> um, well, you know, it was a couple things. I, so in addition to having a cult, he's got a like a rock band. It's called. It's a weird name, Talius Van and the Bright and Morning Star Band. So there's like two ampersands in this <laughs> band. And it's like just kind of very competent, boring, like hippie jazz band music, like jam band music rather. But he can't sing at all. And he's like singing over it. And it's like his followers really like preach that like this is the greatest music and that, you know, if you listen to it, you'll have like spiritual awakening and stuff. And um, it'll, you know, you know, open your chakras and stuff. And so a friend of mine just showed me a video of his. He's like, you got to see this. It's hilarious. And it was hilarious. And I like, 
not even thinking as a journalist, I just like shared the video on social media. I'm like, this is hilarious. And one of his former followers who had gotten out and for years just spent all his, he was really angry. And for years he spent all his time online, like just Googling his former guru, trying to like find people to talk to. He found me and he was just like, man, you think this is crazy. You have no idea. Um, so we talked for the first time in 2016 and he tried to talk me into for years. He tried to talk me into doing this story and I was drawn to it, but I wasn't really at a place in my life where I could like take on another big project. And then 2019, I decided I got to pursue this. It's too good. The cult leader's daughter actually escaped and she was out for a couple years. And then she decided that she was finally ready to like go public and talk about her experience. And that to me is a very compelling story. Cult leader, cult leader's daughter, you know, on the outside. So that's when I started, I actually did a, like an eight part podcast. I drove out to Arizona and met some former followers and went to the cult for a church service and met people who knew Gabriel before he was Gabriel. Then over the course of a year, interviewed more people and did like this podcast series that then became this book that Feral House, a pretty respectable indie publisher published in August of this year. It is, uh, I actually dated a chick whose father was uh, a cult leader, a very famous <laughs> Mexican cult leader. She was phenomenal, gorgeous, like six foot Mexican, gorgeous. All right. Uh, gorgeous, was in my acting class. Uh, probably the prettiest woman I've ever dated. And um, what's that? High five. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's definitely good Props when I... When I'm going out and I'm going through my highlight reel, she will be on it multiple times. Okay. When I get my left, my last, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I miss you. Um, but yeah, she was going through that. And it's like the psych, the psychology of that. And, you know, me having daughters, I just had daughters uh, uh, like two years ago, a little, a little less than two years ago. And, you know, I think about my effect on them and like, even just doing shows like this, like what kind of effect is that going to have on, um, when they grow up and they listen to what dads do. And so it's oh, wow. got to be incredibly. Childhood is hard enough. I couldn't imagine growing up in the, in a cult and your dad is like the leader of the cult. Well, Whoa. the cult leader is not emotionally available and will never be emotionally available to the people. And it's like adults in his life can be like, all right, fuck this dude, you know, but like a child is going to want that connection and is going to be really screwed up because they can never have that connection. You know, just despite what you may think, it's just emotionally, it's like, it's natural. You want a parent to love you and to protect you and to never have that is very damaging. And um, it's actually an interesting story with the daughter because she kind of, after the cult found out about my podcast, they kind of started talking to her, I think, to, as a me method of controlling me. They tried to talk he, her out human of human resources. Call her up from the cult, like yeah, Hi, basically this is Sarah and human resources. Yeah, so we hear you've been talking to Joe Flatley. Um, you know, they tried to get her to like, you know, stop the podcast, which she couldn't do because you know, 
you can't do that. And, um, <laughs> and like, it's become this whole thing now where like, she's kind of, she's not in the cult. She's living in another state, but they get her on the phone and she kind of like, they, you know, they got her to try to s- stop my book by like, you know, hiring a lawyer for her that like sent us letters, you know, not legal. Like it didn't go into the court system, but we got, you know, I got a lot of threatening letters from lawyers over this book. And, um, you know, it's like this woman who like, basically I spent two years telling her story and at great personal expense, cause you don't make a ton of money writing these little books, you know? Um, and then what I get from her in return is like letters from lawyers and screwing with, you know, trying to, you know, it's like, so it just goes to show you like, and I see the relationship that she has with her parents now. And it's very much one-sided. It's very much, you know, for the parents, it's, it's a matter of like a marriage of convenience. It's, you know, it's a manipulation. Um, but you know, something about whatever's going, you know, whatever that dynamic is, you know, she's can't help but be sucked back in. It's again, tragic, you know? So what is the cult's basic belief? So they, there is a, uh, a new age book. It's supposed to be a channeled book. It's called the book of Urantia. And it's actually a pretty cool book. And, um, but Gabriel of Urantia is not connected to that religion, but uses their book, has brought taken it on as his own, and basically preaches from the book that that his followers are what he calls um, divine government. So the end of the world is coming soon, and when the end of the world comes, his followers will leave their compound and they'll be the government of this new paradise that exists on the earth. So, um, you know, literally like one of his followers might become the, uh, you know, governor of California or, you know, the mayor of Pittsburgh. Um, so he has, he, so that's kind of the basis of it. And then on top of that, he has this system of a, a spiritual hierarchy that these channeled aliens speak through him and, give you like your cosmic ranking so it's like they believe oh my that, god yeah. really you get yeah, your cosmic ranking yeah, oh, yeah that'd be brutal dude oh, it is and and you go up and down all the time it's <laughs> it's control it's like oh you know somebody's a little too high on their horse knock them down a couple pegs and freak them out and like men cannot have lower rankings than their their wives so like if he wants to split up a i'm part- listening if he yeah. wants to sp- split up a, a couple, he'll like promote the wife and then all of a sudden they can no longer be together. And and he does that to keep people on edge. You know, he does that very purposefully. He breaks up couples, breaks up families, takes fam- children out of their family and puts them in another family. Oh my God. Yeah, we should do that on the podcast. Cool. We should start doing that. I feel like I'm creeping. Yeah, I feel like I'm creeping uh-huh. up a little bit maybe and. Sam, maybe well, drop I'm gonna down be honest with you. Uh, right energy. now on this show, Joe's number two. And this is his first <laughs> show. I don't even have a hat on. I don't even have a ball cap on. Dude, that is cra- And that is what it's all about. Divide and conquer. Divide yep. and conquer. Yep. And separating children from their parents is like one of the, the number one ways to 
ensure a disconnect from the past. It's been done through history yeah. forever. Take children out of the house, bring them somewhere else. So they don't know who they are, where they came from, their history, any of that stuff. And it's like psychological, psychologically done on purpose to inflict maximum, maximum da uh, damage and to make people more controllable over time. Well, the, the cult leader becomes the parent or in the case of, you know, Native American schools 150 years ago, the government becomes the parent. Um, so it's absolute control tactic. And it's like very just very easily understandable. Have, are you familiar with a cult called Synanon? No, um, it was it, it. It basically it's an outgrowth of. um was an outgrowth out of Alcoholics Anonymous, basically. Um, Charles Dederick in uh, in uh, California, he was in, he was like an early AA member and it worked so well and he was kind of nuts. So he, he realized that he could use it, the system to control people. So he spun it off. He called it Synanon and it's quite famous. Um, he was beloved for many years like in the 60s and the 70s like um they could they were basically like you you solved addiction <laughs> you know you you uh there's no more addiction because of you and really what it was was a, a money-making scheme and one of the first things they did was they separated kids from their parents and they had the kids you know raised by other people they said it encouraged like independence and it encouraged intelligence, but um, it was a total scam. The IRS shut them down in the 90s. One of their members joined this Gabriel cult and is a PhD psychologist and oh my brought God. those teachings to, to him. So they use like, they don't just like, you know, most cult leaders are, they're naturals. They're not like, they didn't learn how to brainwash. They just kind of figured it out the way that any kind of like socially maladjusted gaslighter kind of figures it out in life. But these That'd guys be great. Actually, if there was a master's class, like, you know how they have those masters. Well, I think classes. she could teach it. I think this woman could teach it, you know, um, it's definitely, you know, so, so yeah, this group has like a very real dark psychology aspect to it that's really disturbing is it so go on when i was little i i finally figured out like so when this family had turned jehovah's witness mm -hmm. and they couldn't celebrate holidays anymore as a little kid i instantly was like they're trying to separate us or isolate that family from all the other families because they couldn't celebrate birthdays the kids were, were it was the worst thing that it could ever happen to kids they couldn't celebrate no more and it was at a random this family was christian they go to our church and all of a sudden like they're not allowed to celebrate. And I'm like, celebrate what? They weren't allowed to celebrate. And that's hanging out with getting in with other people, family on Christmas. And it just seemed like a way to isolate them with their little cold. Yeah. I um I have very strong memories of being in elementary school and there was one Jehovah's Witness family. And whenever like we sang the birthday song in elementary school, like they would have to go stand outside in the hall. They couldn't be in the classroom. And I just remember like the exact same thing, like everything about his posture and the way he presented himself he was so like just like separate from everybody else so 
yeah, I, you know, it's like, it's, it's interesting to see those examples just turn up. Like once you start looking into this stuff, you start realizing going back to my point of this, not being just like a freak phenomenon, but this being part of the human experience. Once you get into this stuff enough, you start seeing little culty shit everywhere. And you think, man, is everything a cult? <laughs> is the world a cult? You know, I think it, everything is a cult, man. I think it's like, it's just, uh, we're like mammals, man. We run in herds and some of our herds are through uh, psychological and philosophical beliefs, right? I mean, and we just tend to like gravitate to those who think like us, which is like crazy. Like I'm an old school liberal. You're, you, you've labeled yourself the leftist. We have a lot of right people on here. I want to hear from everybody. I like mm -hmm. to hear from all sides of the spectrum. I think that's what makes this show great. Uh, but there's a lot of people who just want to hear from people they agree with. And, I, and that sounds super duper boring to me. Just yeah. like hanging out in an echo chamber and just yelling the same things at each other, siloing life. Uh, but there are people who do that, man. And it's like a big thing is in these like, even if they're not like considered cult cults, right? They're like just mm -hmm. fringe uh, religions, whether it's like. And I got nothing against Mormons. And honestly, I got none against uh, Scientologists. I always said they were like this, the CW and the WB of religions, right? <laughs> they were just like, you know, some people got those cable channels, some didn't. But, you know, they have their interesting things too. And I think over time, common sense tends to wean out a lot of the crazier stuff if the, yeah. if the religion gets established. But there's a lot, it's very uh it can get very shaky there for a while it's a it's a it's um what's the word i'm looking for it's um it could get very um clumsy and, uh while trying to figure everything out and like mm -hmm. there's so you know when you brought up the indian children from i mean like there is so much darkness in our history yeah now i think it's hard to hold people are here today for the, to make them pay for what happened. I mean, we have to recognize it, but to sit there and yeah. yell at people about something they had no say in is kind of yeah. rough, but man, that happens all the time. And it's just like these people figure out games and usually like what it is, is they just put their own spin on a, a philosophy that has been around forever. Right. Like you brought right. up AA, which has been around forever, but AA, then there's a siren and then boom, it's just off. Now, now it's about UFOs in the Arizona desert. Right. right? And it's just, yeah. people just keep manipulating. And, and then they also know that they're like, I believe like when I walk by the Scientology buildings all the time in LA, mm -hmm. I look at the people there and they're standing outside and there's nothing against them. But there's nobody, there's nothing that blows you away character, characteristically about them. There's, yeah. And LA can be real tough. I used to have a, a, a joke about it. Like, if you want to make it in LA, there's a couple groups you got to join. One of them is Scientology, right? Yeah. And uh, it's, I, I just think people are so desperate to be a part of something that they're willing to sacrifice some individuality to be brought into the herd and accepted and that like we all want to connect in in a natural way or an unnatural way and these these leaders prey on that mm -hmm. they almost break us down and then psychologically build us up and through the building up that's when they we get hooked on their smack uh, yeah absolutely you know i really think that if you look back at like 
you know, if you could turn the the clock back, the calendar back, and go to like you know Ireland before the uh, before the Romans got there, and you're talking about small clans and kingdoms and tribes and stuff, I think those kind of groups were more similar to what we call cults now than you know it's like i think there's something inherent about that need to belong and that need to connect that need to know who's below you on the ladder who's above you on the ladder that um probably served a very useful purpose in you know 500 bc um might not serve a useful interest now in the you know, in the social media age. Well, I mean, social media is almost like its own cult, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has followers and you're loading up on your followers mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and then you like, if you're a hot chick on Instagram, you're like, you're just revered as a goddess. You're like, I just like to, I like to beep, beep, boop, boop. And you're like 10 billion likes. You're like, yeah. And I'm and important. You know, you're like, what? And the people who program the thing are, know that and do it on purpose like you know they introduce reels on instagram and it's like i've never once clicked on a reel that's like a hot chick you know but that's what they give you like it's like it's not like it learned that i like looking at those pictures it's like they knew when they built the app that that's what's gonna sell it you know and it's like and what are the uh ramifications of that you know they've done multiple studies that have proven proven that children's you know young girls self-esteem's ruined by these apps by these things um you know it feeds into mental illness but you know the click is is uh you know that's the big money maker these days so yeah for sure and you know so it's, it, it just becomes what kind of cult are you a part of mm, right. like everybody's a part of a cult you know exactly and it's like outside we go, oh, you're a crazy person. You ever gone to a concert and like someone brought you a concert and you had no clue who the bands were? And just like everyone's like song starts playing, everyone's going nuts. You're like, I have no clue what you're excited about. Why are you excited about this song? People are like, I can't believe they're playing this song. You're like, what, what is this song? Like, that's kind of what cult is. You like end up drinking this kind of Kool-Aid and you start figuring it out. So is this cult still going? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going. Um, they they had some rough times for a while. They couldn't figure out a rough patch where they couldn't figure out how to make money because um, a cult needs money. And they got into the hemp business. So they, they have a, a hemp farm now, and apparently they're really raking it in. So um, they locked down after, you know, when COVID hit. Um they locked down and fired a lot of their non cult member staff. Um, but I've been, you know, I do have little, my little spies in the cult that kind of report back to me once in a while, but the leader is getting old. He has poor health. He's in his seventies and he's going to be dead soon. So they're kind of like preparing. It's an interesting time. They're preparing for the transition to his children taking over and nobody really knows. Will the cult fall apart at that point? Will they turn into something more benign, you know, something less damaging? I mean, will it just become a business? Like like the Shakers or a lot of these like cultish groups that formed in America around the colonial era just became like businesses or just disappeared.
or just became, you know, kind of more mainstream Christian religions, like any number of those things could happen, but they're kind of like in a holding pattern right pattern right now while, while their leader kind of. That's the most interesting show I would ever watch. Like, yeah, you're, you just basically inherit a cult. <laughs> you're like, and now you're in charge and you're just like, yeah. I don't really want to do this. You're like, no, it's yours. Jebediah. It's like, I'm Steve Jebediah. It is your cult. And you're like, ah, no, and his sister like really wants it, but she's oh, yeah. a woman. So she can't, you know, and she's like, oh, it's like Game of Thrones yeah it's so interesting man that that is so as you studied this cult Mm -hmm. what were some of the more interesting rituals or teachings that you thought like wow that's kind of crazy like was there like this is the day we all stare at your wife naked it's thursday (laughs) or something like that right well one that gets cited an awful lot is they they have a practice they call it the chip game it's not really a game and it doesn't involve chips, but it used to involve poker chips. <laughs> what? what it it's not a game. It doesn't involve chips, but it's called the but chip it's game. It's called the chip okay. game. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, and like what it is, is it's a spiritual practice. It's supposed to help you grow. And the way it works is like you're living your life and somebody else in the cult does something that either does something wrong or says something critical or even just gives you the impression that they're sinning in some kind of vague way. They chip you, which is what they call it, but they fill out a form saying what you did. They hand it to the person and then they hand it to the leader. And the person that gets the form is supposed to meditate on it, figure out what they did wrong and then respond on the form. And it's pitched as a way of like teaching you to like catch, catch your negative thoughts and behaviors and attitudes and correct them. But really what it is, is they're creating a roadmap of like the behavior and the thoughts of the entire cult at any moment in time. So if the cult leader wants something or wants to manipulate somebody, he just goes into the files and looks at Oh my God, for it's sure. Really, man. I mean, it's genius. Yeah. It's like the, uh, Hey, Catholic church is on uh, line four. They said, yeah. stop stealing our black. Yeah. Or Scientology. Uh, same way we're there. Right? You know, yeah. the- I mean, it really is. It's like an example. It's like, a, it's like confession from the Catholic church combined with like, you know, auditing, right? Computers, like data intelligence, you know, it's like, number crunching or whatever well you know that has always been the there's there has been talk and i push back on it and i shouldn't even bring it up but i'm going to Mm -hmm. that there's an aspect of aa that's part of that that there is an aspect of like you telling somebody all the crazy shit you've done Mm -hmm. uh that information's out and when i hear you say this chip game Uh uh-huh uh, it sounds exactly like social credit score, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you are basically telling the, the, the people in charge what the other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a manipulation control. So now it's like, what if there's a quota? What if there was a quota on this that you had to get in five chips by the end of the week? And now you're just writing stuff on people left and right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what happens. They're like, you know, you're not chipping enough. You need to Jesus step it up. God. You know, it's, hey man, it's you're not crazy. Can I ask about sin? Is that is that sin mostly based on biblical teachings? What what qualifies as sin? Or is that pretty arbitrary? It's um, 
you know, they're basing it off of a book called the Arantia book, which is a just on that channel, okay. a channeled book by, you know, somebody who talked to the spiritual entities in the universe. And, um, and that's based on the Christian Bible. So a lot of it is really, okay. you know, Christian, but this guy comes from like, there was a weird time in the seventies when there were a lot of really abusive Christian sects that started to take hold. Like um, the shepherding movement was one, which um, basically like you couldn't just be a good Christian. You had to have a shepherd, somebody above you who like, you know, in an extreme cases told you who to marry or, or, you know, you know, it just told you how to live your life. Um, it's, it's kind of like he's taken, Gabriel has taken the worst of Christ, modern Christianity, the new age movement, um, like the doomsday Christianity of like, you know, the late great planet earth kind of left behind stuff and just, yeah, put his own spin on it. And what he does is he just sits around all day reading these books and coming up with this stuff. And then he'll have a ceremony where he'll sit down and all his followers will sit down and they'll light candles and they'll play like, you know, Enya or something. <laughs> and then, um, and he'll start speaking in a funny voice and talking about all this stuff that, you know, and they think, oh my God, he must be a genius. He, you know, he comes up with all this stuff about, you know, the cosmos and, nuclear physics and you know spiritual practices and it's like yeah that's all he does all day is think about this stuff so but when you're in that mindset you think that it's like really profound um, how successful so, is this group is it a big group i mean are they recruiting actively still is it like they what's are, its numbers at what's its facebook numbers at yeah, <laughs> what's, like what's its social credit score um they have since they started in the night in the early the late 80s early 90s they've averaged 100 to 120 members that's usually like a number of families um you know so you have like third i think even fourth generation members now um they have millions of dollars in the bank they own a hospice so if you like you're on your last legs in um you know, if you're living in Arizona and you're on your last legs and your family needs a hospice nurse, they call these cult members up and they come. That's unbelievable. You know? And then they like try to talk you out of like your or so I've heard just to give the legal uh, disclaimer. So I've heard from these hospice allegedly who have left allegedly, you know, they'll talk you into like. You, you're not going to be using that motorcycle when you're dead, are you? Oh, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Oh, no. that happens that car, way more you? than people think. That happens yeah. way more than people think. Oh. Yeah. So that's how they make their money. And they um, have a, you know, like I said, a hemp farm. So, I mean, it's a beautiful place. I spent a, about five hours there uh, in 2019. And it's like, it's in Arizona, but it's in the, um, uh santa cruz river basin so it's a fertile basin on a river about 20 miles north of mexico it's green when i was there in spring it looked like you know looked like i was like in you know on the east coast or something in the woods like in new england you know it's very fertile very green um they have a farm there they have all these beautiful buildings that they built with slave labor essentially allegedly slave labor you know they built all the buildings and stuff um and you go there and 
it just seems awesome. You know, it just seems wonderful. And then, um, turns out that, you know, people are literally enslaved. So looks can be deceiving. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. It's so crazy, man. A hundred people. Does that seem like a lot? It's a lot, but it's not a lot. I mean, like, you know, sometimes I tell people that and they're like, minds blown, like, whoa, with that hundred people. And it's like, when you're there, it's a large bustling community. But like, when you're talking Scientology numbers, it's, you know, small. My question is, is it an aging group of, of, of followers? Are there, are, how do they recruit new followers? Are they just sending out all the hot chicks to the bar and they're just like coming <sighs> out? Dude, we, just, um, we give up well, pussy all the time. It's the best religion ever. Well, you know, it, it's gone through a few different phases. Like they, in the eighties, they um, were based in Sedona and it's like, you can't, toss a nickel without hitting a guru in Sedona. So people would be, <laughs> would find them and um, would just kind of find them naturally. And then it became like, uh, oh, you have to excuse me. My family came home and they're driving me nuts. You mind if I go close my door? Yeah, like, do, do whatever you want, brother. It's all good. I just find this stuff so interesting. This just reminds yeah. me of when Vegas for episode 500 and the guy thought we were a cult well everybody uh, thinks we're a cult oh yeah when we were at the Tropicana and guys uh, like who's this guy in a hat yelling at people I'm like fire brimstone go on <laughs> but yeah yeah the, the recruiting now is um they're kind of you know they're kind of self-sustaining because there's nothing for these poor kids to do except get married as soon as they turn 18 and crank out kids and then get divorced and then marry like it's insane i talk to people i i talk to people who are like you know escaped living on the outside with a woman who was married to their bro his brother on the inside and now his brother is married to his ex-wife so it's just like non-stop right and um and the you know and it's very puritanical in the sense it's like these kids aren't having sex or going on dates, you know, or trying to have sex, you know? So it's like, they're getting married as soon as they can. And then they're getting split up and getting married again. And um, so it's kind of self-sustaining, but they like, you know, the, the guru does have a pretty, pretty robust um, social media presence. So people from all the, over the world contact them and, uh, you know, and they kind of talk them into joining. But now what's happening is people contact them. And then when they Google them, my book's the first or second thing that comes up. Uh. So, you know, they call me or their family calls me and they're like my fan, you know, and they're like my whatever, you know, my mom's trying to join this cult and they want her to give them all their money. So, you know, we're kind of doing a little damage there, which was, that was really my whole purpose. Like, even though I think it's a horrible group, I'm very, you know, I try to be very clear that it's America. You can believe whatever you want, but you need to be informed. So I, I just wanted my work on this subject to pop up when people Google this guy. So then they can make an informed decision. Um, I actually have spoken to one guy who like didn't join because he saw the cult leader attacking me and was just so disgusted by it that he's like, I'm, 
you know, my family's not coming at all after all, you know, and like, you know, Gabriel doesn't like that. Huh. Couple questions. Uh, legally, have they faced any trouble? And if if not, uh, what what are some of the potential legal? What have they done that's probably illegal? Allegedly, it would be really hard to sue them. Um, you know, like the main thing. You know, I've spoken to like investigators and lawyers who've tried to like put together lawsuits. Um, and the main thing would be, you know, if you're a guy who's, who's 40 years old and you grew up from age 16 to age 35 in this group working for free, you have nothing to show for it. And you have, you know, doing manual labor for like, you know, one of their contracting companies they own or something, having medical problems, having, you know, COPD because you've been inhaling all this you know, concrete dust and you didn't have proper masks for decades since you were, you know, high school aged, um, you should have a really good case against them for, you know, no wages and for screwing your health up. But um, it's a weird case and it's not like a one that you're definitely going to win. So a lot of lawyers just aren't going to take that on. Um, you would have to find like a really like you know, you'd have to find a, uh, you know, a crusader that really wanted to take the cult on to do that. And nobody's found one yet. Um, the main legal problems they have are um, custody, because like child custody, because <laughs> you have some really awkward situations where like one parent will leave the group and then one parent's in, one parent's left. They're fighting over the kid. The cult wants the kid. So like you have this person that, you know, the cult with their millions of dollars of um, money, you know, can hire a great lawyer to go after you. And you, as the ex-cult member, haven't been working, don't have money to pay for a lawyer, probably not educated because those kids aren't educated. Um, like, that's the main, like, legal arena. And when you're in a situation like that, the cults, or the cults, different cult, the courts don't want to hear about cults. They don't want to hear about religious beliefs. You know, it's kind of like, you know, going to them with this group has a past record, past history of taking advantage of people because they're a religious cult. The court doesn't want to hear that. They want a very simple streamlined case of like, are there damages? You know, who, who was damaged in this? Um, and in our court system, that's generally not, particularly you know it's generally not easy to prove that kind of did you thing. did you hear any crazy stories about how people left and the things they had to go through to get out yeah you know i mean everybody you know everybody i've spoken to who has left and it's probably six or eight people um off the top of my head you know it's like you're not you're not trapped there you can you can leave anytime you want. You can go to the leadership and say, you know, I want you, I want, I want to go open the door. You're behind like an electronically locked gate. You know, it's like, you know, it's like mission impossible. Like they have to enter the code and then the gate opens, but you can leave, but you leave with nothing. You know, they don't give you, you don't get $20. You know, you don't get a, you don't get a bottle of water. You get nothing clothes on your back. So what ends up happening is the X men and also they're so persuasive. It's, 
you know, you're going to like tell them that you want to leave. And by the time they're done talking to you, they've convinced you that you want to stay for another hundred years, you know? Um, so what ha- ends up happening is in the middle of the night, like there's a, there's a net, actually a network of ex members who are all, it's like a little subculture of ex members, a little community of ex members that are all in touch where if you want to get out, you contact one of them and they'll like come to the fence and, you know, you can hop the fence in the middle of the night with your backpack, with your clothes or whatever, and they'll take you and kind of hook you up. So it's, you know, it's not like, it's not Jonestown walking out, walking in the jungle for two days, you know, trying to escape, but it's, people are trapped there. They, um, you know, they've, if you've been there for 20 years, you don't have any money, you've pissed off your whole family, so none of them want to talk to you. How are you going to start over? Are they as militant as uh, like Scientologists? I mean, militant, not literally, but, you know, do they harass the ex-members in that way? Yeah. Yeah. They're very like um, the ex-members who have stuck around Arizona and run into them publicly have, you know, all have stories about that. Like, it's not like Scientology where they like go out of your way to their way to like, you know, Mm. harass you. But they're not welcome. They're not welcome to the community. They're not welcome to talk to them if they see them outside of the community. But they're not militant like Scientologists or the Jonestown people. It's really Gabriel, the leader, wants to have a good life. You know, he thinks he deserves to have, you know, a pretty young wife. He, you know, he deserves he thinks he deserves to be able to trade in his old, not so pretty wife for a prettier young wife. He wants to live in a mansion. He thinks he deserves to have, you know, Perry. No, I don't, and, you bro. Know, you know, too much like, work, bro. When you get to a certain age, you're like mm-hmm. the expectations of a young chick. It's just too mm-hmm. much. Just I just want to sleep. I want to go out and do stuff. Imagine if you're 60, a cult leader, and you're like got a new 20 year old wife. I don't care how powerful you are. Of, as a cult leader, your wife still scares the shit out of you. Okay. <laughs> and she grinds you constantly that she's bored and she wants to do something. You never go out to eat. You never do anything. And she ju- and you're just like, I'm 60. I'm running a cult. I just want to sleep. Like, no, we don't go out anymore. You don't love me. And it's like, dude, no, thank you. Let me go to sleep. Is a, and his new model does that. Like his new partner is very much like he's a little hempecked for sure. I think we are. I mean, like, dude, how can you not? How can you not be? I mean, that's that's everyone wants a super young wife, but it's like, dude, that comes with a lot of work and a lot of expectations. Yep. Just I just want somebody who just wants to just chill. That's the biggest thing. If you find somebody who does that, you're good to go. So so uh, as we wrap it up here, what is their salvation? Like, what do they like? If you do this, you'll get this. Well, you know, it's basically they um, they believe that, you know, as you live through successive lives, you get closer to, I think, I think they call it the mansion world. So whatever part of the universe is kind of like their heaven. Um, and, you know, if you do, if you toe the line with Gabriel, you'll get closer. If you don't, you won't get closer. So really, you know, they're Christians. They're trying to get to heaven. They just think that they get to heaven through this guy. So crazy, dude. It's just so crazy where like, you know, I believe history has been completely 
manipulated, rewritten, hidden over and over. You study it long enough. They're just, you're like, what is that? Where did that come from? Why is that that? And it's just super interesting. But I always find it so weird where like somebody follows somebody that was like born in the 80s and they like suddenly they figured it all out, right? You're like, oh, you were born in like 82 and you know what happened, how the universe is all, mm -hmm. like you just discovered this shit. Like we went to high school together. What are you fucking, who, when did you become this divine thing that has this new take on everything? And everyone's like, yeah, he totally gets it. And it's just so interesting. That, you know, when new religions, like everything's from Hinduism and then it just all like becomes like everyone, somebody makes their own kind of spin on it. Now you got all these different religions that are all saying the same mm -hmm. thing in a, in a different kind of spin. And it's just like, dude, when was Mormonism founded? Like, I, and like, again, nothing against Mormons. They, I always just insult, like they're the nicest people ever. And if it makes you happy totally do that. I just totally do it. Whatever. If you're a good person, I, I believe there's only one sin in the world and that is bringing pain and suffering to others outside that do whatever you want, be whoever you want. I don't, I don't care about any of that, dude. As long as you're not hurting people in particular children, do whatever you want. But it's just so interesting when like someone comes out and like when there was, you know, colored television and suddenly figured out, you know, this new spin on how everything works. And it's just, it's just, I find it interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's like getting a little older, you know, I'm in my late forties now and it's like, you don't look at how, what age would you have guessed he was? Whoa. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think age, I'm yeah. young. I would, yeah. I would say you were like early thirties, dude. Yeah. 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 I am. Um, yeah. I got a, you know, little baby face, I guess, but, um, you're you know, probably getting like, young chicks too. You're like, oh, I just want to sleep. Write <laughs> me a buck. So I can relate to Gabriel. <laughs> but you know, it's like I've I'm old enough now that I'm starting to see like these patterns play out in popular culture, like shit that I observed in my 20s, I observed in my 30s, and then you know, in the 40s, things happen. I'm like, oh, I remember that. You know, I've seen this happen before. Nothing's new under the sun. And it's like I think that's the value of history and studying books like this is so when, you know, that next new thing that's so profound comes out, you can realize, Oh, this is a, this is a con, you know, somebody's tried this before, you know? Yeah. And then the internet helps with that. The internet, mm -hmm. there's a permanent record of the stuff that these people have been tr pulling on us for a very long time. Right. Right. You know, it's just, it's just, I, the world is so interesting, man. It is Joseph, Joseph. Great show. Thank you so much for coming on one more time. Tell them the name of your book, where they can find you. Thank you for having me guys. This has been great. My book is called new age grifter, the true story of Gabriel of Urantia and his cosmic family. And uh, anywhere books are sold Amazon or bookshop.org. You can get it and be sure to check out my uh, newsletter it's uh, called go to failedstateupdate.com. Um, yeah, just send me all the links. I'll make sure to include them Great. In, in everything. And uh, dude, how long, is, how long is your book? Like 200 pages, 190 something. Not bad, dude. That's a nice yeah. size book. 
yeah I'm just it's... reading this thing on alan dulles it's like 600 pages i'm like i might get this done by the time i'm 70 yeah that's uh, right. that guy sucked uh, hey, um, he's definitely make sure your like producer sent gives me a mailing address i'll make sure you guys get some books if you want for them. sure i'll uh, email you a p.o box send to us and uh, again dude thank you so much for coming on everybody thank you i hope you enjoyed the show check out uh, uh joseph's uh his uh newsletter and i hope if you're in the san diego area you come see me uh in san diego this weekend at the american comedy company with Howie Dewey and my friend Chris Neff from Cash Daddies. And 2022 is looking like it's going to be on fire in terms of live dates. We got some great stuff coming. We're going to do some dates, and we're also going to do some pay-per-view events. So join us. It's going to be great. We love you very much. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.